Well, good morning, church. It's good to see everybody who's gathered here in worship in the Faith and Arts Center, along with those who have joined us online. Uh, today, we are continuing our summer worship series. It's entitled, Blessed to be a Blessing. And we're exploring the eight blessings or beatitudes pronounced by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we come to the third beatitude, which simply says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Amen. Blessed are the meek. This may well be the most difficult beatitude for us as Christians to appreciate and to appropriate. Calling somebody meek in our society is hardly a compliment. The word conjures up images of somebody who is self-effacing, spineless, passive, in our society, rhymes meekness with weakness, and that pretty much sums up the culture's attitude. And the idea that the meek will inherit the earth sounds like the punchline to a bad joke. The meek cannot even merge into heavy traffic or hang up on an irritating telemarketer. I saw a cartoon where it's paraphrased the beatitude to say, the meek will inherit the earth if it's all right with the rest of you guys. <laughs> but obviously, Jesus meant something deeper and more meaningful here, that in counterpoint to our world's normal understanding of meekness, Jesus had something else in mind. Over the past weeks, we've discovered that the Sermon on Mount in general, and the Beatitudes in particular, are a handbook for Christian discipleship. They teach us what it means to live as citizens in heaven's kingdom. But just as importantly, they are also a portrait of Jesus himself. They portray Jesus' divine characteristics and attributes. And as Jesus is, we are called to be. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, Jesus is the meekness and gentleness of Christ exemplified. We sing a hymn in traditional worship, Jesus, meek and gentle, Son of God, most high, pitying, loving Savior, hear thy children's cries. So if Jesus is meek, we're called to be meek too. Paul wrote in Colossians, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Because remember, Christian means Christ-like or little Christ. We are to be like Jesus. Therefore, the world's misunderstanding of meekness as weakness is wrong. And what we begin to understand is that meekness is actually God's strength present in our lives. One of the classic persons who commented on the Bible was William Barclay from the last century. His books are on my shelf. I reference them all the time. And when it comes to Matthew 5, 5, he talks about how the meek exemplify three different attitudes with God. First of all, they submit themselves to God. Secondly, they have a teachable or coachable spirit. And thirdly, they're inspired by God on how to handle anger. First of all, the meek submit themselves to God, that we have a willingness to entrust our lives to the Lord and give up that control ourselves. And that's more difficult for some of us than for others. I'm a class A 
Enneagram number one, control freak. I like to plan things out because that's my way of ordering chaos and thinking I can somehow control what the next moment's going to bring. But the meek, let that go and trust in God alone. In Psalm 130, David wrote, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child leaning against his mother. I have calmed my soul. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. And when you're willing to do so, to entrust yourself to God and to realize there is a God and we're not God, then in turn it gives us the opportunity to be meek not only in relationship with God, but also meek in our relationship with others. What we find is that meekness is not weakness, but it is power under control. We lived in Cartersville for 13 years, and the Anheuser-Busch plant is located in Bartow County. So every Christmas parade, the Clydesdale horses would show up, and they would pull the wagon behind them. And when you saw a Clydesdale, you saw power under control. Those draft horses weigh over 2,000 pounds. That's one ton of animal. And yet they're gentle and mild, and the driver's touch will lead them wherever he or she wants them to go. God promises us the meek power under control. The word power in the New Testament is dunamis, and it gives us English words like dynamo, dynamic, dynamite. And we are told that we have the power of creation itself. That God promised that in, in Jesus Christ, nothing can overcome us. We are more than conquerors in the name of our Lord. It is power, but it is power under control. And that second aspect is critical. Power under control is constructive. Power without control is destructive. Power under control is a Clydesdale horse pulling a wagon. Power without control is a bull in a china shop. Power under control is a dam holding back the waters. Power without control is a devastating flood. Power under control is a nuclear plant producing electricity. Power without control is a nuclear meltdown. And so both aspects are important. God's power, the Holy Spirit's control. In the past, I have introduced you to the third child in our family that still lives at home. He's Sam the Yorkshire Terrier. We call him Sam the Yorkshire Terrorist because if you've ever had a terrier, you know they're filled with attitude. He is a 200-pound dog stuffed into a 10-pound body. And when he looks in the mirror, he sees a Doberman pincher. And when we lived in our subdivision in Cartersville, there was another dog that lived there named Scarlet. Sam's opposite in every way, a 100-pound golden retriever, gentle, mild, and the very first time the two met on the sidewalk, Sam went into his hyperactive mode. And he began to bark and to snarl and to prance and to paw and to lunge. And Scarlet just looked at him with amusement. I'm not even sure she knew he was a dog. <laughs> and after a while, Sam calmed down. And they were able to become friends. It was Scarlett's strength that enabled her to do so. She wasn't threatened by Sam in any way. And the meek are strong 
in God. And they can afford to be meek in relationship to others because there is no threat. If you are based in God, what can this world or others possibly do to you? The meek submit themselves to God. Secondly, the meek have a teachable, coachable spirit. They're always learning. We realize that if we're disciples, that means that we are students to the master and there's always something else to learn and to be taught. This past spring, I was at a non-church event filled with young men from our community. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. And so I had the opportunity to just sit in the corner and enjoy the show as they all tried to impress each other. There was one man in particular. He was an expert on everything. He gave a running monologue about college football, personal finances, the stock market, vintage wine, local schools, Atlanta government, and it went on and on. And if anybody else had something to share or some additional knowledge to add, we never heard it. It was amazing. And I wonder how often all of us, when we're in conversation with others, it's not really a conversation We're simply waiting for the other person to stop speaking so we can share what's really important. And far from listening and learning, we're always wanting to give advice and knowledge. It's amazing what you can learn when you've got a shut mouth and an open mind. The meek are teachable. They realize they don't know everything and that we have this amazing tutor that Jesus promised his followers the Holy Spirit to be their tutor, their guide, their instructor. And I tell people all the time when they're reading the Bible, don't worry about what you don't understand. Focus on what you do understand, and I promise the Lord will give you enough to work on for that moment. One of the things I've enjoyed about the Route 66 reading plan through the New Testament, where we're reading a chapter a day, six days a week, is there's a, a professional hazard in ministry that pastors oftentimes are reading Scripture to prepare a sermon, to prepare a Bible study, to prepare something else. And just to reread the New Testament chapter by chapter and hear it with fresh ears and allow the Spirit to minister to me and speak into my life, it's been a wonderful journey. And we are called to be learners, lifelong, continuing education to become more and more like Jesus in our lives. The meek submit themselves to God. They have a coachable, teachable spirit. And they know how to handle anger. Anger is one of those most powerful of emotions. It's as dangerous as nitroglycerin, always unstable and ready to blow. And the meek know how to never be angry at the wrong time and to always be angry at the right time. The angry... But the meek learn how not to be angry at the wrong time, and we learn that from Jesus. Watch his relationships with the disciples. It's amazing how much he puts up with them and how gentle he can be. How when the crowds come about him and he's exhausted, he still ministers to their needs. When his friends wanted to keep the children away, he said, let the children come to me. That he prayed to God, not my will, but yours be done. That he went to the cross like a silent lamb. That he taught his disciples 
later in the Sermon on the Mount that you ought to bless those who curse you. You ought to pray for those who persecute you. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, you ought to turn the other. The meek, out of their sureness of who they are in God, know how to never be angry at the wrong time. But the meek also understand how to be angry at the right time. I sometimes hear people just describe Jesus as this genteel, gentle person who is just always nice to everybody. It's obvious they've never read the Gospels. Jesus could get angry. There was a righteous anger that sometimes drove his life. He got angry at the religious leaders who put so many burdens on the people, but they were hypocrites themselves. He did get angry with his followers when they began to argue about who was the greatest. He got angry with Simon Peter when he tried to dissuade him from the way of the cross, and he said, get behind me, Satan. He got angry when he went into the temple and saw the money changers cheating the people, and he formed whips out of ropes and drove them out of the temple and overturned the tables. And we, too, should get angry. We should have righteous anger about the injustices of this world, of poverty, of racism, of warfare, of crime, of systematic ways that this world puts other people down, that we should be with Jesus standing beside the least and the last and the lost and the weak. Because that's part of what it means to be meek. I would add a fourth element to this as well, that the meek submit themselves to God, they're teachable, they handle anger. But the fourth is this, that the meek are not only meek in their relationship with God and with others, they're also meek and gentle with themselves. Because brothers and sisters, we are fragile. We live in a fallen world. And in our minds are all these different recordings And some of them we have recorded ourselves. And some of them have been recorded by others in our lives. And they play over and over again. And some of them are constructive, but some are destructive. Some are positive, but some are negative. And some of those recordings can claw their talons deep into our minds and tear apart our psyches. What recordings do you hear? You're too young, too old. Too tall, too short, too skinny, too overweight, too worthless, too under-talented, too devalued. And we hear those things and we start to buy into them. And I would call you today to lighten up by allowing God's light to shine into your life and be as meek and gentle with yourself as God is with each of us. And be reminded of who you are and whose you are. And that we are valuable and worthwhile, not because of anything we do or possess, but because of who we are. And that is children of God. Of infinite value and worth. That we cannot even begin to measure the height and width and depth of God's love for us. God thought us so worthwhile, He sent His Son to save us. Knew us while we were still in our mother's womb. Called us by name. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's name is imprinted upon our lives and our names are upon God's lips and upon his heart that God loves us and in that love we have a surety of who we are and our value and worth is based upon God and not ourselves. Blessed are the meek 
for they will inherit the earth. And the last part of that beatitude, if the first part's hard to buy into, the second's even harder. Because when we look around in this world, it doesn't seem that way. And obviously there is a future aspect of what Jesus is saying. When the kingdom of God comes in his fullness, these things will happen. But there's also a present reality. Because think about what I've just, how I've just described what it means to be meek. If you submit yourself to God, if you have a teachable, coachable spirit, if you know how to handle anger, if you can be gentle and meek with yourself, what God has promised in the future is experienced in the present. So blessed are the meek, for theirs is the earth. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for your meekness with us, for your forgiveness, your mercy, your love, and your grace. And by knowing who we are in you, we can afford to be meek and gentle with others and with ourselves. Bless each of us this day that we in turn might be a blessing to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, we make our prayer. Amen.